Hi everyone, I'm your host Tajay, and welcome to Positive Growth, where we discuss topics that inspire thought and action. Rise and shine, my lovely listeners, and welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the show. Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in this week. For today's episode, I asked my really good friend Daniela to come onto the show in lieu of Domestic Violence Awareness Month because she has used her platform to shed more light on domestic violence in the many ways that it can show itself, whether that be financial, physical, emotional, and mental. And for today's episode, I didn't want to focus on the abuse itself, but I really wanted to ask her questions to understand her mindset during it all and how she felt. So I really do hope you guys enjoy this episode. Before we get into this episode, I do want to provide a trigger warning as courtesy to anyone who has seen or been a victim of domestic violence. Hi, Daniela. Thank you so much for coming on my show. I really appreciate you feeling comfortable enough to tell your story. Do you mind giving my listeners an introduction as to who you are? Yeah, thank you for having me, girl. <laughs> um, so I just had a baby recently. Um, so that's one thing. Like, uh, Part of me is like I'm a mom right now, first-time mom. And I also do photography on this side. Um, it's one of my passions. And then my other passion is like I work with kids who are at risk and then um, a lot of the kids I work with like have been through different paths of life like they've been through different parts of abuse or um, just uh, have gone through a lot of parts of like the system. Um. With this episode I really do want to give you your flowers because it wasn't until your post that you made a couple years ago that I knew the kind of abuse that you had endured with your past relationships and it honestly opened my eyes to the abuse that I was also going through in my relationship because typically when we think of domestic abuse, we think of physical and before you even posted about what you what happened to you or the statistics and all that, I didn't even know there was mental or emotional abuse. So I do want to thank you for opening my eyes to that. And what exactly prompted you to want to use your platform to speak up for this? Because I know that it's really scary sometimes. So how did that happen for you? Graduated. I think it was after I graduated Sac State. That's when I started really like telling my story more. Um, And I like to think like my grandma because my grandma passed away in 2019 so after she passed away I just I think like a part of me like like died but then also another part of me like open because I I was able to be more vulnerable with people but then also be able to be like okay yeah um my emotions are real and I just allowed myself to really feel every emotion so I think that's when I really started using like my instagram like to share my story because i went through that abuse i was like no i want to share like who i am and 
what my story is i just didn't know how to at first but then once my grandma passed away in that year 2019 2020 and then yeah till now like i i'm really open about like my story and what i've been through because it's like it's part of me but it's also not something that um it i wouldn't say it represents me because i'm i have a lot of things that i am yeah but at the same time like it's part of like what i went through and part of like why i do what i do today so if i don't share like what i've been through then i feel like i'm not being real with myself like oh so in that form, like, I just, um, I like to share who I am just so then people, like, don't feel alone. Because then after I started sharing my story, like, a lot of people would come to me. And, and that's something, like, I've always wanted to do was, like, provide resources to people and be like, oh, you can go here or, like, um, call this number or just help out people when they are in that crisis mode. So um, that's, that's one of my main reasons why I share do you mind walking us through your relationship and how it was for you at that time? Yeah. Um, so, in so I guess it was 2012. I was like 18 or 19. I don't know. I was I was young. <laughs> I was really young. That was like 10 years ago. Um, and I was like in the second year of college. So I was like fresh out of high school. Um, and I also didn't really have much relationship experience, to be honest with you, because the only person I dated before that was my high school ex. The person I was at that time was very naive. I didn't think about like, you know, what kinds of people are out there. Like the beginning of that relationship when I met him, he met me at that kind of time. So I was very, I would say I was very close minded. I was also, I mean, I don't know if this matters, but I was also a virgin you know so the value of um having sex with somebody like I held that very close to me because I didn't want to just have sex with somebody that I wasn't gonna be with like I wanted to have sex with somebody that I was gonna be with like forever mm-hmm. so that was like what my values were and that's what my parents instilled in me like so you, then would you say that before this relationship started you had higher values I would say like I had really traditional like values so like like my mom um my mom and my dad like you know they met and they were you know they they like they were each other's first love so when I met this guy like um I really liked him because he was like very vocal he was very like charismatic but then also like I just felt like oh you know I kind of deep down in me like I kind of wanted to be like that Mm -hmm. like I wanted to be more outgoing I wanted to be more out there that's one thing I admired about him because I was just so shy I didn't like people I didn't want to talk um it was just like a drastic change with your relationship when would you say you started noticing changes about him and how he was treating you so one of the first things that he was like being weird with was with sex and like since I was a virgin, I didn't want to tell him that because I was scared that it was like a bad thing to be a virgin. I, I felt shame of being a virgin, but then I didn't want to obviously have sex because I was scared of having sex. So, but just the things he would do like and getting mad because I didn't want to have sex. Um, so, but when I started noticing even more was when 
it was like towards like the middle of the relationship probably like maybe eight months in um that he would get mad at me because I was like wanting to see my family but I already left like my home to be with them so he would he would get like mad the fact that I wanted to go see my family because he would take that as like oh I'm I'm leaving him but I was like I just wanted to see my family but then it had to end up where I had to leave you know because I'm like dude like I you know I want to see my family so part of abuse that's not really talked about as much is isolation and what he would do is like he would try to break my relationship I had with my parents and you know my parents didn't like him so they would he would be like oh like your parents are tripping or whatever like try to make me feel like you know my parents were doing too much capitalized off of it like he wasn't like oh babe you should talk to your mom or oh you should blah blah you know like go see your dad like instead it was like a good thing that I was mad at my parents it was like a good thing that my relationship with them was breaking yeah and so I feel like that was another thing because he wanted you to depend on him more than your family to only depend yeah only depend on yeah basically like be completely just with him but it's just you know ironically I was working at a domestic violence shelter at that time that's the curveball right there but <laughs> I was working at a domestic violence shelter at that time so I knew what were signs of domestic violence I knew what all these things were but at the end of the day like I think I was in denial with myself because I just didn't want to be like in that bubble where it's like oh you're going through an abusive relationship because but I also was in denial and putting like oh okay that's not how they are that's not how they are because I I was just making excuses for them because I just wanted to be with them especially with that part when I was saying like you know my family values were it's like okay you're with one person and you know you marry that one person that you have sex with and then you're done kind of thing so that's what I thought was life so I didn't want to break my family's value so it was a lot of you the values that you were raised in you wanted to emulate that within your relationship yeah but that wasn't the right relationship to do it with because he was using that against you yes it's like yeah that's so weird yeah it's like those are my values those that's what I want but it's like yeah he was using that against yeah he was definitely using that against me I know with our relationships we tend to be really caught up in them and I know that for mine I did notice signs but I just pushed them away because I didn't think they were that important but they were proven to be very important later on down the road how would you say that played out in your relationship, ignoring the signs until they got to be too much? Um, yeah, well, with the cycle of abuse, it's like the explosion. So like the the ending of it, it gets bigger every time. That's what I learned with, you know, at the domestic violence shelter. And that was so freaking true because seeing it throughout like my own relationship, um, like what happened, like every time arguments will get worse and worse and worse and worse and then and then every time they would come back around and be like I'm sorry and then apologize crying and all this dramatic stuff that would become shorter and shorter and shorter like every time and then like the explosion would be bigger every time and it's like 
you know, one moment they might be calling you a bitch. And then the next moment they're like hitting something near you or like posturing over you. And then the next moment they could be actually like putting their hands on you. And then the next moment, you know, it just, the police could be involved. Like it's like, it just gets more escalated as time goes, especially like, um, I feel like when I saw the signs, like I was seeing them. I just wanted to keep forgiving one part because that was my first love. And I was like, or at least that's what I thought it was. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I have to keep forgiving, you know, because I'm supposed to be with one person. As your relationship was progressing and you noticed that it was getting worse and worse, did you ever feel like you had a safe space to talk to someone, whether that be your family or your friends or even calling the police when things got abusive and filing a report? I definitely, at that time, I didn't have any um, support systems, like, because, like, my, well, as for friendships, like, I had a falling out with a friend um, earlier that year, so I was pretty much, like, alone. Um, and even, like, one of my other friends from high school, like, she went to UC Berkeley, so I would always check in on her and stuff, but she would never call me back and, or never, it would never felt, like, reciprocated. It felt yeah. like it was just really one-sided. Um, so we kind of, I didn't really have support in that sense, mm -hmm. but then, like, I, I just couldn't call anybody because I was like he was like the only person that would I would run to or like that was like my safe space well quote-unquote safe space <laughs> at that time and then with my family since like my family did not like him at all then like I would turn I turned my back against my family as well because I was just like okay well you know they're not supportive of the relationship mm -hmm. I'm in and especially since I, this was my first relationship really that I was with somebody so I felt like I couldn't really turn to anybody besides him yeah and with my family like my family was just like oh no like they just didn't approve of the person that he was I definitely didn't have a support system and then as for the cops like first of all fuck the cops and I hope y'all hear us <laughs> it's like I hope you guys hear us but literally like the cops like we had already a bad situation with the cops like where we had a gun pulled out on us and then we weren't doing anything and we were just like chilling and then the the cop like pulled out a gun and then he told me like oh what's under and i had a dress on and he was like what's under there and i was like uh my underwear and then the cop made me show like him my underwear which is so weird and then after that i just had like a very untrusting feeling about cops um, and this is like before I even, you know, really realized the harm cops actually do. Um, but then when I was going through like, you know, interactions with him where, you know, my ex was being abusive to me physically or all the above, like I never thought once to call the cops because I was just like, um, I was trying to be the one to like calm him down or mm -hmm. like bring reason with him. But then the one time uh, when he, he did hit me in public, even though he was already hitting me in closed doors, but when he hit me in public because he took like my car key. When we were walking down the street, like he was like like wrestling me and stuff like for the bag and because he had a 
the key was in the bag and then he was just like that's when he started like hitting me in public and then I I kind of like you know brought him down like so then he would calm down and then once once like things calmed down we went to like this little part like it was like a corner there and it was like a bench kind of and we sat down there and then he just like completely changed because like when he was in like the moment of rage like his eyes were just like crazy looking but then when he calmed down he was like back to his normal self back at baseline and we're calming down trying to process everything that happened and then shortly after the cops pulled up and then were like separated us and then they were like to me they were like hey um are you okay and then I was like yeah I'm fine and it's like did he hit you and I was like no I was like well that's too bad like he did and he did because four people called the cops Mm -hmm. while they're driving yeah so then that's when I realized I was like oh fuck you know he's gonna go to jail and then they did take him to jail at that time with your family and even with the police with your bad running with them I do apologize for that even happening to you is there a reason why you felt like you had to protect him I think I mean the reason why I felt like I I just had a lot of loyalty because I felt like you know this was the first person I was with in a relationship and my family holds like relationship family really highly and I really thought this person was going to be the person I was going to have kids with or you know be married but I just felt like the loyalty I just had to like really protect them but then also I was protecting myself too because I didn't I didn't want to share that you know I didn't want to share like that I went through something bad and or especially an abusive situation like I just didn't want people to know that and I didn't want people to like recognize me as a person who's gone through that I didn't want to be labeled as that and I saw like that how the police kind of treated me too like I I just felt like oh I'm a victim you know so Mm -hmm. it just like it just felt really disempowering to me because on court reports that's what you see you see victim victim I just didn't want to be called a victim like also deep down I didn't want to be called that I just wanted to be in a normal relationship healthy relationship and I just wanted to work on that because maybe he would change Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize, like, yeah, like, if this person doesn't have respect for me, he's never going to. Like, I can't teach him how to respect me. Yeah. Because he already doesn't. Everything for the people we love. Like, we don't say no kind of thing. We just do it. A lot of people pleasing. A lot of people. The people pleasing. A lot of people pleasing. People pleasing. And then also it's a Latino. Um, it's also, like, I feel like it's it's a person of color, like value you know like being collective like working like for your family like that's that's like I think that's like such a value that we have being all about family and keeping each other close having that loyalty yeah that love within each other yes and it's like we protect each other kind of thing and yeah no matter what no matter what Mm-hmm. No matter what. Like, and so, in growing up with that, that's how you felt you had to be in that relationship with him. Yeah, because if I, if I was going to, quote-unquote, get married to this person, then, yeah, I'm going to be like that because that's what I was taught. Like, that's how 
I saw my mom be for my dad. It's really funny that you mention how you grew up in your stable household and how much love and loyalty and community was in there. And I hear a lot with abuse victims that come from stable homes, like they get asked, well, if you grew up like this, then how did you end up in an abusive relationship when it wasn't something you grew up seeing? Is very emotionally reactive. And my dad is very emotionally detached kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. he's like emotionally absent sometimes. Yeah. Maybe he has, he has a lot of emotions, but he just doesn't present them like like my mom does my mom reacts like and then my dad's like takes a step back and doesn't say anything kind of thing he just like completely removes himself out of the situation so i think growing up with two parents that were like that um when conflict was handled like i always had to have like this loyalty to both my parents of Mm -hmm. course because you know they're my parents but at the same time like um, seeing them also like how other people treated them like was sometimes abusive you know some people would like talk down to my parents some people would and then sometimes my parents wouldn't like defend themselves or they wouldn't have boundaries um, and then even going into play with like what I went through like as a child like I feel like I also went through abusive like friendships I went through abusive I it wasn't just like relationship the relationship that was Mm -hmm. abusive it was also like family it was it was a lot of parts like so you did experience sorts of abuse within your family within friendships and so it wasn't anything that was really new to you it was just new in a different kind of relationship yeah it was just a different title Mm -hmm. and then also another part is that my voice and stuff was taken away like when I moved out here to the United States. Like, when I moved here to the United States, I I was so social when I was a kid in Venezuela. I was like, ah, like very like how I am now. But when I moved out here, I completely changed. Like, I became very, like, emotionally, like, I, not emotionally, but I became very quiet. I became very, like, mute. I wouldn't really talk that much. I was just, I kind of separated myself, like, from people because I had also anxiety. Me not having a voice or not feeling empowered to speak, it made me not, like, I feel like it made me, in a way, go through situations, like, that I went through, because that I didn't... That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, and it actually ties back into what you were attracted to from your ex. You're mentioning him being charismatic, being a people person, being able to talk to people, and with you, that's how you used to be, but it was something that you lost once you came to the United States, so... I see how you were attracted to that and how that relationship did form. Yeah, that definitely. I think, but I didn't know that at that time, though. Mm-hmm. What do you feel are some red flags that can show signs that someone may be an abuser? I can say if you don't feel a hundred percent yourself, or like you feel like you have to hide parts of you to hide parts of me, because to to be like accepted so i think i think in any sense like where you feel like you can't be yourself or especially if they can show things like as in like you know they might be mentally abusing you like telling you like you're always wrong like exploding on you for little things you know you you might not even do anything that big but then they they explode on you instead of addressing it 
in a better form like you know communicating with you like okay this is what made me feel this but if they revert to anger all the time and i think if people start seeing patterns of these things then that's when i feel like you might be going through an abusive relationship but abuse can be seen in so many forms like it could be seen mentally physically psychologically financially um sexually financial financial yeah that's it's so crazy because that's a huge one and people forget because like there's some people that they um there's this word where you like buy things for people a lot um is it love bombing love bombing yeah there i actually went through an incident in the past too like where somebody would love love bomb me and bomb uh it's kind of hard to tell but i think if people are doing things too soon Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah. want to, they're planning this whole future with you, but you just met like a month ago. Like, yeah, I think it all depends on like what status you are in that relationship, but it, it, it all depends on each person. Yeah, Cause, Cause things can differ. Cause we do hear about people that meet a week and then they get married two months from now and it works out. Yeah, there's yeah, exactly. Some people just know what they want and it's like. But I think it depends on how they're doing it. Because if if they're doing it like, oh, yeah, let's get married and then move all the way to Colorado and that's away from your family and stuff like that or away from your friends, then that's when you're like, okay. Or if they start getting jealous of your friends or Mm -hmm. if they start getting jealous of you, you know, or of your family, of anything, I think that's a huge part is, like, jealousy too. Yeah. I just think there's so many forms of like of signs but i think the little ones um the first ones is like your inner feeling you know because you feel it if you don't feel like 100 percent right something is not right and i think just listening to that because i think whenever i i think i always had that feeling i know with relationships especially abusive ones there eventually is an event where it comes to a head that people decide to leave what would you say was a turning point that caused you to want to leave the relationship was i started working at panera while he was locked up and i got that job because i was gonna like you know send money to him or something like while he was at jail and then also to talk on the phone and yeah whatever and send because you know jail is fucking expensive but anyways so what happened was he gets out and then we like are together and then he hits me like he slaps me in the face because i forget what the incident happened but he slapped me in the face and then that's when i kicked him and then he gave me like a really bad black eye and then i was like okay um you know i need to go to work the next day but he didn't want to let me go to work so because of my black eye but then when i I messaged my mom and said, like, help me. (laughs) And I took a picture. That's the first time I ever reached out to my mom. And then my mom, somehow, I don't know how the cops ended up getting there. But then the cops ended up, you know, separating us. And then I ended up going back home with my parents. Going back home, like, I was still working at Panera. And then he was just always, like, complaining. You know, we were still together. He was just complaining about how he was in jail and just, like, 
poor him, poor him, poor him. But I'm like, bruh. Like, and then that, I don't know why that brought anger in me, but it brought anger in me. And I was like, bro, this guy's a bitch because the reason why he went to jail is because he hit me. Yeah. In public. That's the first reason, like. And, and he's making a situation about him. About him when I'm the one who went through the abuse, but I'm over here supporting him when he was in jail and and all this stuff. And I was just like, it just made me mad. But then also like at Panera Bread, they found out what I went through because they saw my black eye when I went to work. I went back to work. Like I I broke down and told one of my managers and my manager was like, it was like one of the first times I was really speaking out. And then my manager was like, hella nice. Like he was like, Daniela, like you're gold and you deserve to be treated way higher than that. Like you're gold already. And you deserve somebody who's platinum. Like you don't deserve anything under that. And I don't know why, but that always stayed with me. Cause at that time I never heard anybody tell me that. So he was the first person that put value in me. And then once I started seeing my ex, like, complaining about, like, going to jail and then didn't want to get a job. And I'm like, bro, I fucking got a job for your stupid ass. So that made me so angry. So then at that point, I was like, I don't even want to be with you anymore. Because I was so mad that he wouldn't take the initiative to go get a job. And he would just complain about, like, being locked up. So, and I already was starting to feel empowered because Panera was putting value in me and valuing me and seeing who I was and putting worth in me that I was like, fuck this guy. Like, he sucks. <laughs> he fucking sucks. <laughs> in listening to you talk and telling your story, I hear you say a lot about feeling shame and, you know, people making you feel shameful as well in regards to this. And I want to know if there was anything you wish your support system did to help you feel more comfortable speaking up about your abuse. Yeah, I feel like with my family, they were always blaming me. Like, they were victim blaming me. My parents were just like, oh, you must like going through that. Like, why why don't you just leave? Like, they just would always, like, question me instead of, like, wondering, like, how I was doing or seeing, like, my point of view or, you know, maybe being more accepting of, like, of me in general. Like, okay, like, empowering me to make the decisions, like, I want to make instead yeah. of just pushing me away of being, like, oh, obviously you like that or, you know, saying those hurtful things that mm -hmm. weren't true. But then I feel like with my family in general, like, they just were very close-minded at that time and my mom wasn't very opening of me like she wouldn't listen to my perspective like it would just be her way or the highway yeah so I just felt like I didn't want to turn to them because I didn't feel like heard and I think if my family made me feel more heard maybe I would have felt more empowered to leave so I think if my supports would have like embraced me with more love and listened to me and not just question me like that I'm all I'm doing something wrong then I would have felt more empowered like oh yeah I know who I am as a person but it's like they were pushing me away of who I was like I'm like mm -hmm. I don't know who I am yeah. so I felt lost but like, having a support system that is open is an open ear for me and somebody that will like not try to fix situations and it would be like 
oh damn, that's what you're going through right now at this moment. And I think giving power to somebody and a voice to somebody that may not have a voice usually, it will give them more like, oh damn, like this is me, you know, this is my individuality. It gives you more empowerment but when you try to take it away from somebody by blaming them, by shaming them, then they're not going to feel empowered. They're going to feel very little. And that's yeah. what abusers want you to feel is to, for you to make, to be little. I know that going through traumatic experiences and abuse can often change people. And I wanted to know in what ways would you say this situation has changed you in regards to love and dating yeah um so right after like I got out of that relationship I mean (laughs) I I feel like I was very closed off in a way um I didn't want to love again I didn't want to be put myself out there I really was like shut off like from men and I would get in relationships and stuff like but then I would break up with them really fast like I just didn't really see like longevity with them and I just I think it impacted me like mentally and everything and I would always tell my mom like him hitting me those are bruises that will go away but the mental and the the stuff he would tell me Like, that was always going to stay with me. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of things stayed with me. And I remember, like, there was this one guy I dated. And um, I was only with him for a bit. But I told him, like, it was right after, like, my ex. And I told him, like, what happened. And then I basically also said, like, just started talking shit about myself. And he was like, no, like, Daniela, like, you're, like, he wouldn't, he empowered me. And then it made me view myself differently, too, because I was like, damn, like, Maybe I'm not, like, that shitty of a person, you know? Because I was, like, I just had this version of myself, like, very tainted because this person made me feel like I was this. So I felt like a shitty person, but I was... It it was just because he was basically, yeah, like... Projecting projecting. that onto you. He was projecting everything that he did onto me because he was feeling shitty of Mm -hmm. what he did to me so it made me feel shitty like damn like I had a failed relationship so I just like didn't want to connect with people and I think after that like I was dating people and I just didn't really see like feel that connection with them but then um once I started like healing I I definitely started seeing myself like okay I want to do what Danny likes, you know? This was, like, really hyper-focused. Like, what do I like? What, who, I, who am I? You know, like, there was so many changes, so many things going on. I felt like I healed in some ways, but then I felt yeah. like I didn't really heal. And when my grandma passed away, that's when I really was like, nah, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to do things that makes me proud because I'm always trying to make other people, like, people please or, you I know. I love that. And make others proud. So... I like graduated for myself I like also started photography you know and that's where I gained that empowerment like oh my gosh like I can shine a light on somebody else Mm -hmm. that's not me so it just like 
through my photography experience like I feel like it it definitely was a healing experience for me where I felt like free I felt like I was myself I was creating a lot of things with abuse is like you don't feel free you feel stuck restricted restricted and and you're stuck in your mind it changes you so much that you just like think so differently and then you're so anxious like I Mm -hmm. think after the abuse I was super anxious I was hyper anxious I was hyper hyper everything like if you would have barely like flinched like that like I would have flinched like if you would have barely touched my face I wouldn't want to be touched like it just changes you so much because you're trying to like process of what you went through but then also trying to be like wait I'm not on survival mode right now but once like in 2019 like I really felt free because I was like dang like this is what I was missing in life like I could have just been one with nature all this time and and then liberated I felt yeah liberated and and everything like my mom like I I'm never gonna forget the stuff he said the bad things he said because he would say a lot of bad things like I will never get be loved again like uh nobody's gonna love me like how he loves me um I am ugly or I'm fat like he would or I'm too skinny I can't have kids like you know what I mean he would say all this crazy shit that it carried on with me and it was always like oh my god what if that is true it would always be in the back of my head and by the way it's not true she is beautiful she is a healthy weight she's in a great relationship and she has a baby look at that my current relationship like i think that space and individuality like we both honor that and i think going through what i went through as my spiritual awakening in 2019 like it helped me realize like damn like I've been hiding from myself all this (laughs) all these years because I was like scared to go back to who I was because who I was I I blamed her for going through abuse but it's because people that were around me they were blaming me for going through it Mm -hmm. so I was like running away running away but now I'm like I'm at peace with like my story that's why I share it um, that's why I started sharing 2019, 2020. And, and yeah, I'm sharing it with you now. Thank you so much, Daniela, for coming on my show and sharing your story. I learned so much from this conversation, and I am very appreciative of you for taking the time to do this with me. As she has mentioned, she is a photographer, a great one at that. So if you do want to collaborate with her, please go ahead and follow her page on Instagram at Danny with the camera. I will go ahead and put her handle in the bio as well. And I just want to thank you all for tuning in another week to Positive Growth. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on for future episodes. And to keep up to date and in the know, please follow Positive Growth, the podcast on IG. Talk to you guys next time. Bye.